the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Today is the 26th of August, and with me today, I have Mr. Jared Zarnecki for an interview. He is a, let's just put it this way, a concerned citizen and a resident of Canfield who lately has been pushing back against the school board's idea that masks should be optional in this upcoming school year. And we're going to talk a little bit about what has transpired and what might be going down in the future and just kind of get everybody's sense on where they're at and why on this issue that is one of many extremely hot button issues that are going on right now. So Jared, thank you very much for coming on the show. Hey, no, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so like we were talking about pre-show, you have been doing the media rounds and you have been on TV and stuff like recently because this is a thing that people want to talk about. That's crazy, right? Uh, it is really surprising. I didn't expect to be doing this a week ago when I was sitting in Cleveland with my family and we read the ruling from the school board. So no, <laughs> weird week. Yeah, well, I got to tell you that I have a two and a half year old and I wish she was of school age just for the meetings alone, just for the board meetings, because there is so much fire there. No matter what town you're talking about, I cannot wait to become a, a part of it in good standing. I mean, be careful what you wish for, bud. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I know. That is a whole <laughs> cartload of apples that will come raining down on you. <laughs> All right, so a little bit of background. Tell me what has happened and tell me where we're at now. So basically, school board released their guidance for safe return to school um, about six hours before the board meeting, give or take. And this was um, last week? To, this was last Wednesday. And school starts uh, when? We know, uh, school started today. So okay, there we you had go. a week before. Um. Basically, I mean, long story short, there were concerned parents. The policy dictates that masks are going to be optional. And I mean, I'm sure if you followed the news at all, you're aware of the Delta variant. You understand that it's more transmissible than, you know, twice as much grown garden variety. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're talking chicken pox territory here. Mm -hmm. CDC says, hey, wear a mask. The American Academy of Pediatrics says, hey, wear a mask. Ohio Department of Education says, wear a mask. Canfield School Board says, meh, why not? Let's not do that. And um, I think we've seen these that are like- kids. Yeah, and, and it's monkey see, monkey do. So if it's optional, you don't wanna be the odd person out, the, you know, the weird kid in the corner wearing the mask because you're doing what you is actually scientifically sound. You know, however, you know, we talk about it's a group effort to make masks work. So if you're the only one, you're essentially just protecting everyone else in the class from you. You know, it's like, it sucks that it has exactly. to be that way. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, my dad, he's like a, uh, he's an Italian. He's an Italian, a Youngstown Italian American. And he's... He grew up a Democrat. He grew up in Struthers. And, you know, a lot of his kin have gone the other way in recent years. You know, they've been the flippers and they've gone over to the Trump side because, you know, it appeals to, uh, uh, let's say, a manly 
ideal of America that a lot of people understand. But he is still sitting there listening to WKBN on the radio saying, how can they have gone so partisan? It used to be just a nice inf informational news station, but now it's, it's basically like you can't even turn it on because they're bashing Biden all the time and they're doing all this stuff. And he says to me, he says, so when are we locking back down? Because that's what I hear is going to happen. And I'm like, listen, Pops, they're scaring you. Nobody has the appetite for locking back down anymore. This is not going to happen. He says, okay, but I hear the masks don't work. You know, I hear that, you know, it doesn't make a difference. And the six feet, it doesn't make a difference. So to, to that point, it's like, I have to remind him of the wise words of Dr. Amy Acton. Like we have such short memories that we don't understand that masks are just part of a whole in confronting coronavirus. Like, it, you know, I just feel that I wish we could have been more truthful this whole time, where if you want to say that um, surface cleaning is performative, and that is basically just to make you feel good, it's not necessary because we found that out, that's fine. If you want to say that the um, plexiglass barriers are ridiculous because the coronavirus is aerosolized and can hop right over that little fence you built, in the restaurant or at the gas station, that's fine too. Another thing, if you wanna say that your average crappy mask, your cloth mask, your little ripped off uh, sleeve of a t-shirt actually is worse than wearing nothing at all because maybe it brings larger particles down into smaller particles then they're aerosolized. You know, this is like nuance that some people just aren't able to wrap their head around. And, and furthermore, I would say that these people wanna talk about how there's all this un unspent COVID money, I would say buy everybody surgical masks so that everybody has good masks. We should be talking, if we want to talk scientifically sound, we have to talk scientifically sound across the board because then the, the, there's no bad leg to stand on. So I think you have to make the whole argument and I'm sure you guys have been trying your hardest. We have gone with a science and fact-based approach. You know, we drafted a petition that was backed in sound science. Uh, the thing, you know, about bringing science up is that science is, is a marathon. You know, we're not going to know everything about COVID for seven, eight, nine, ten years. So in the, in the interim, in these short little blocks and these little outbursts that we're going to go through, probably for the next five years, you know, we need to be fluid. And, right. and being fluid means maybe, maybe, you know, you know, maybe taking anecdotal evidence as, as uh, with a little bit more, with a little bit more faith, you know, where was RSV season? I don't know if you're familiar with RSV. Um, it infects massive amounts of children every right. year. Uh, where was it this winter? You know, I can tell you, I talked to people in Akron Children's Hospital in respiratory therapy, and they said there were no RSV cases over the winter. And no, it's the we same reason we that last, down. The last summer there was no flu season in Australia because exactly it didn't travel. It didn't have an opportunity. There was no commingling and spreading through normal channels. And, you know, here's the thing. We didn't even ask, you know, would, would universal masking be awesome in the schools? It would be great. You know, let's, let's add an extra layer of protection. Really, we were focusing our request on K through six. These are kids that are falling into the donut hole of vaccination. 
you know, they don't have access to a vaccine right now. 12 and under, right? You know? And I know that's a hot, right, exactly. I mean, that's a hot button issue. Some people want it, some people don't. Whatever you want to do, it's your choice. However, I want to have the opportunity to protect my kids before I throw them into the boiler room. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I mean, this just bleeds right into vaccines. It's so tough to extrapolate one from the other because you're talking about mandates and you're talking about doing what's best for a communal good. And it's something that I thought we were all in this together as Americans because we're all for one and one for all here, supposedly, until the chips come down. Now, I could, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I went to just weird public school named Canfield and uh, I had to have my vaccinations before I was allowed to step in the door. So if you're telling me that not only back in the day, maybe for six months or three months in the winter, would I have to have my measles, mumps, and rubella shot, but I also needed to wear a mask because rubella was, you know, widely spreading that, that day, that's just what would have happened. And we are so far away from that understanding of science, understanding of a common good, and also appreciating you know the larger governmental bodies that usually have our best interests at heart and not only that we've never seen a vaccine with so much you know evidence and so many people taking it before that you know the the trials are in on that it's ridiculous i i think that um i think it's really unfortunate because there's going to be some sick kids we've already heard that you know you've got exponentially more children being infected with the Delta variant and in hospitals than you had last year. And that's really scary. Absolutely. And I mean, I think we're going to compound that issue in Canfield. I mean, you went to Canfield. I'm sure you know about the Canfield Fair. That's coming up here. We're going to invite 100,000 people into our community. We're going to let them come in. We're going to let them hang out because that's what we do. That's, I mean, it's a Canfield institution. Absolutely. And then we're going to ask them to politely drop their COVID, get out of town, and leave us with it. Then we're going to throw our kids right back into school day after the fair closes up shop. I mean, I feel like they're setting themselves up for an absolute disaster. God, I hope that's not the case. And, you know, far be it from me to worry about people from other places, but they're going to take whatever they may happen to get at the Canfield Fair, bring it back. You know, it's the same thing you're looking at the Olympics. Anytime you get people from all these disparate places together and they come together, that's literally where new variations of a virus can mutate and form. That's just like the craziest thing ever. It's the Josh Mandel approach to um, public health. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really, really awful. It's irresponsible. And um, it's so sad that people just aren't able to back down. It's a pride thing right now, more than anything else. And um, it's, a, it's a tribal pride thing. And it's very, very sad. I mean, it's populism, overwhelming public health. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. So Canfield's a, a conservative community. You know, even though they got bright people there, but they're going to toe the party line. So that's going to be a 51-49 at minimum for, you know, populist rule there. We're not going to worry about the, um, the vulnerable, I guess. That's what they've decided. And I how, mean, it feels that way for sure. Did you happen to see the other day when Trump actually got booed touting his own vaccine? I never thought there'd be a moment where I would look at Trump and go, 
eh, I kind of feel for him. I mean, I guess you can't win an election if your uh, entire voting base is dead. So I, I get where he's coming from messaging wise. Yeah. But, yeah. Watching him get booed was. <laughs> but hey, you know, it was the same thing when he was trying to talk smack on mail-in voting when a lot of his people are senior citizens who have been doing it that way for a very long time. So biting the hand that feeds him is something he will rarely do, but when he does, we all seem to notice because it's uh, going back on a prior position pretty noticeably. Like, I mean, this was a vaccine that he should have been able to say a trumpet that he was the one who got it to bear in such quick time and got it to market and just because it's in someone else's hands right now and someone else might get partial credit then no we got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. oh it's 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 disheartening and it's never ending I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I feel like we're in a situation now where science died for, you know, five and a half years ago at this point. Uh, you know, we went through vaccination issues before uh, when the polio vaccine came out. And, and I don't, please don't you know, quote me on dates here, but second or third run, there was actually a manufacturing error. It made kids sick, but the people trusted the science. And they lined back up for polio vaccines, which is why, you know, when was the last time you saw an iron lung use, man? I've actually never seen one in operation. So, you know, I think on top of that, it's because polio affected kids. You got kids. I got kids. That's a soft spot for humanity, as it should be, because it's right in front of us all the time. The problem is, is that we're showing how little we care about our elderly. We're showing how little we care about the, the most vulnerable in our populations. You know, back in the Spanish flu times, it was the most virulent people in society that were going down. Imagine if that was today. There, you know, like you wouldn't be able to sit there and storm the state house because those are the people who would be in hospitals and there's no way that they would risk going around one another. But these people feel so comfortable. They feel like the odds are with them that they don't have to do their due diligence and protect others. Absolutely. And I mean, you compound that with misinformation that's just absolutely everywhere. And I mean, you have an absolute, it's a, it's a perfect storm for, you know, this turning from a pandemic to an endemic. You know, could we have theoretically stopped this early on? I think, you know, it, under another administration, I think we could have. I think if we would have had leadership from the very beginning, this entire thing would have lasted a year. Yeah, uh, and yet sure. Here we are. We're staring down, you know, two barrels of five years. So, oh yeah, two two decades to flatten the curve, as they said. I think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in the early days, it was Trump talking about how he didn't want to do anything because he didn't want to disrupt his precious markets that were doing so good. So I'm pretty sure that very, and this is just my conjecture on, you know, what I've seen this guy do in prime time. Imagine someone got him in the back room and said, well, you can do all these really helpful things and measures, or we can just ride this out, get this vaccine out as soon as possible, hopefully by election day, and you can ride the white horse into your second term. I think he took the latter. I think he decided he just was going to do absolutely nothing and maybe stonewall any efforts 
to make this a partisan issue, but then also be able to lean back on whatever science our awesome scientists were able to science up by the time, you know, election day came around. So that's just my little, that's just my little thoughts on maybe how it played out for him, because it's certainly how he seems to have, you know, played it out himself. I don't disagree with that in the least. I mean, I think he went for every weird, you know, like, you know, bargain basement, you know, medication he could find, uh, you know, I, hey, this malaria drug might do something, and, and now we have a run on a malaria drug. Uh, I, I like the new heart. I like the new horse dewormer. You know. Yeah. Right? Oh, That's everybody's got to get on that ivermectin, yeah. yo. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I've got a couple boxes in my basement just for fun, but you know, recreational purposes. I've had those forever. Those have been there. No, but seriously, if it works. It's not an antiviral at all, but you know, they're saying that the science behind it isn't quite clear yet because they haven't had the, tr the clinical trials with a control group yet, or there weren't enough people in the trials they were looking at. And I'm, I'm the first one to say, if you have something that isn't going to cost a million dollars and it actually does keep people out of the hospital and out of uh, a coffin, that's fine. But you should go through the, the due diligence. Did the FDA and the CDC go too slow in getting the full authorization out? Yes, but that was maybe part of that due diligence that we're all leaning on in terms of how we're able to trust the science that comes out. So it's a balancing act and people just have to be patient and, and, and follow the science and they want to do neither. It's so important and they, and they, just, they just don't have the time for it. No, well, I mean, and it's funny because we're in a weird situation where, you know, these same people that are, you know, rushing to buy ivermectin won't take an actual vaccine. They won't yeah. take the approved product. They're rushing towards the, eh, maybe it works kind of a vibe. I, I mean, yeah, weird times, my friend, weird times. So what do you think is going to happen with your proposal? What's the next steps in that? And do you think you're going to be able to uh, keep making noise? I mean, you know, Superintendent Knoll kind of responded uh, to our petition with the, you know, they're more concerned with what's going on in Canfield than anywhere else. So when things start to change in Canfield, maybe that mask policy changes. So it almost kind of gives us a feeling of like, what's it going to take? Is it going to take an outbreak to get masks on the kids? Because, I mean, that's what we're trying to avoid here. We're trying to be proactive, not reactive. You know, knee-jerk reactionaryism is, is going to help anybody in this situation. I don't want sick kids. I like kids. Kids are the coolest people in the world. I don't care if it's my kid or your kid or anybody else's kid. I don't want to see sick kids. You know, years ago, uh, my twins, I have two and a half-year-old twins. I watched both of them get infected with RSV. Mm. Rigby, he was rough. He, I mean, it was it was a scary. It was scary for him, oh but my. Mabel didn't do well at all. Uh, Mabel actually ended up on a ventilator for six days. Oh my so, gosh! You know, do I do I have a personal vested interest in keeping kids safe, especially my kids? Yeah, absolutely. Until you've seen your child hooked up to a ventilator, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I don't want. I don't wish that on anybody. No, no one out there. I mean, you way. can be like the worst dude in, the, in existence. I don't want to see your kid get that sick. So 
You know, when I think about a kid getting sick, that was something that could have been preventable. I mean, that's why we're angry. That's why I'm where I'm at right now. You, you, you just can't wait for the thing to happen. And not only that, like, um, these children are not of age where they can make these decisions of their own accord. They are simply following the guidelines or the mores of their own household or neighborhood. And um, I don't think that you should be able to have all these individual parents making decisions for essentially other children writ large. And, Absolutely. and that's, I mean, the, you know, the standard answer is, you know, well, your child is allowed to wear a mask if they want to. And, you know, going back to earlier in the conversation, my child wearing a mask provides a benefit to your child, not <laughs> yeah. necessarily to mine. Exactly. So I think we need to have a reintroduction of the basics, just like we need a little more civics in school. We definitely need to do a uh, Delta variant contagion workshop. We have big, bright colors, graphics out the wazoo, and science that is irrefutable, but also answers to all the crazy that we see out there. I swear, there needs to be some sort of meme hunter that goes around, finds all the super alt-right, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what it is anymore. It used to be a conservative party, but I would never call a real true conservative uh, one now because it's like a bad word because it's been tied up with this um, bastardization that they've got going on over there. But I mean, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough going. I mean, are you accepting applications for that position? Because I'd be interested. <laughs> yeah, you know, that would definitely be a full-time job and I don't think it would be just one person. There is a deluge. And it seems to be everyone's Bible because you get one little picture with some words on it that gives you your confirmation bias, then you share it, then everyone says, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, no, that's ridiculous science and it makes no sense and you're conflating two things that don't equal or that have nothing to do with one another great job you had fun and everyone got to say boo to the people who who were the naysayers that's really all they care about it's just it's outrage theater right now and you know if the orange guy had gotten a hold of this a little earlier we'd have been able to turn the tides and had everybody on board it's just a sad state that we're in i hope that you do you get good results i hope that you get to have your kids and all the rest of the young kids in canfield protected in the most I don't know, common sense ways that we have right now. Until you get the vaccine available for the kids, it's the best things that we can do. I hope that they're putting in better ventilation and air purification system. I hope we're going to have open windows as long as we can until it's freezing cold out. I hope we're doing just the bare minimum to keep these kids safe. I mean, we do have two schools without air conditioning, so we got that going for it. Oh, that middle school. That's an amazing place, though. But, you know, it's that <laughs> dungeon rock that really keeps you cool. It seems to, yeah. No, it's it's a fantastic building. It just needs a little bit of updating. Everybody loves it who's gone there from last year's class all the way back to 1820 or whenever it opened. <laughs> Well, Jared, thank you very much for coming on. This was a great talk. And uh, I hope I get an update from you with some good news really soon. I hope the same, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one.
You too, bud. And thank you very much for tuning into the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thank you.